You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to episode 212 of Red Wings Rant, where tirades and impassioned pleas for your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. Mike, we uh, hinted in the uh, episode title what this one's going to be about, so everybody get your cat-friendly page ready, get your hockey reference page ready, pull up your favorite blogger so you can cheat along with us and figure out who uh, who the Red Wings are trading, trading away. What? What? The blogger part didn't Your sense. favorite blogger? Yeah. What does that mean? So you gotta pull up with uh what they were, you know, when their most recent article about the trade deadline and you can go, okay. I have this idea and it's you know somebody else's hard work. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was saying. I just didn't wanna I didn't wanna sound too mean. I just thought it would be funny if I casually hinted at it and then brought no attention to it afterwards and then we just moved on. But here we are. Discussing okay. it. I understand now. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Um, Matt, very excited to talk, uh, you know, trades. Um, Red Wings looking hot against the Rangers. All right. Uh, Mike, hockey happened uh, once this week, and we oh, got to wait a whole week for our next hockey. <laughs> but it was it was good hockey. It was a good the hockey. hockey. The hockey yeah. was good. Um, we, we did steal one away. Uh, I'm going to say steal one uh, because the expected goals, uh, it was uh, 3.24 for the Rangers and 2.16 for our good old pals, the Detroit Red Wings. But we still walked away from the shootout with a 3-2 win. Uh, Mike, I made mention before we started recording, yes. I was going to pat myself on the back. <laughs> I was going to pat myself As on the back. As you do every episode, Matt. What's the difference? I, I called the win because you said, clearly, this is a Rangers loss. And I was like, well, you back on that the only thing is if we all recall why i said we were gonna win it was because we had like a smidgen better performance from a five on five expected goals perspective and of course we didn't win for that reason uh <laughs> we won uh i don't know i guess just because grice had a 97 percent save percentage so we got shellacked from uh chances and attempts uh, again, perspective, because I can't think of another word right now. Matt's only uh, had one mug of coffee, and he had two donuts, so the sugars. You need a counterbalance of some more brown liquid. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, we're, you, you you could definitely say we, we stole one from the Rangers. I have no problem with that. Um, what was the – I think I, that – I think the ahead. steel verbiage is in your brain because of that amazing uh, from-behind – steel attack that Larkin had. Was that on Panarin? Uh, yeah. I, I, I have seen the excuses on that. Uh, I did want to pull that up. We have, we have another I don't want to hear excuses. We had, Who had excuses? It, it, the excuses better have been from at Panarin because I don't want to hear it. <laughs> uh, let me see if I can find this real quick because uh, the, the conversation we wanted to have today was expanding uh, where our heads are at for 
uh, Dylan Larkin. Oh, Sam's here. Sam, good morning. Hey, good morning, Sam. Uh, yeah, let me give me a sec here because I, I I told you, Mike, I have like a thousand tabs queued up. No, we uh, uh, we just talked about you know um, obviously we won um, and we want to just kind of touch a little bit more on Larkin um, and as his his contributions. Woo! Whoops! <laughs> Continue there to pile go. up here. Uh, just <laughs> this this beautiful play was a microcosm of what his his season has been, uh, where he's making goal saving plays. Um, in addition to suddenly being in the top 15, 14, 13 and scoring in the whole NHL. Um, but yeah, an amazing play to attack from behind here. So this see if we can get uh, this playing. Yeah, for yeah. anybody uh, listening to the podcast, uh, just use your imagination here. Um, but so here's excuse number one. Paint the, right? Matt, paint the picture for us verbally. Uh, close Shester- your eyes, too. Shesterkin- you should close your eyes. Okay. Shesterkin. Uh, launches the puck to center ice to Panarin. Beautiful pass. It's it's gorgeous. Like think about how great Shesterkin has been this year, and yeah. he just whoop, tapes. No, there's little there's little wings on the puck on its ascent yeah. up to center ice. Yeah. Uh. So and who do, and who does he pass it to? Arguably the best forward on the New York Rangers. Definitely not Lafreniere. Oh boy, <laughs> getting a getting sixty minutes to watch him. Matt, Woo! Did Lafreniere and about... Matt, Matt Lafreniere <laughs> and a first for Lucas Raymond. Who says no? <laughs> oh man, I'm staying away from. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Steve Eiserman says no. <laughs> all right, continue. Um, right. You were painting the picture. Yeah. So this is this is where we're we're at right now. So Panarin's got the puck. Uh, I I would say he's looking at where the circles are in this replay. He's about thirty percent deep into the Red Wing zone. Let's put it, just put a number on it, just so you can still paint that picture at home. Now, <clears throat> this is where this is so. It, Mike, you're gonna get mad at me. <laughs> this is gonna be like the Tayshawn Prince block. On Reggie Miller, like it is that. I clearly it's not in the Eastern Conference Finals. Little when Tayshon, <laughs> right? Was that the Conference Finals or was that? That was the Conference Finals, two thousand four. Yes. Right. Yeah. So we're not at that level of pressure, but this is one of those things where when you showed Tayshon Prince's highlight reel for his career, if you didn't include that, you're a big dum dum. Dylan probably has. I mean, think he saves the game here with this because it is Panarin. And despite Grice having a great game, it's still Grice back there. So <laughs> it clearly could have gone in a different direction. Uh, but this is just this beautiful because he also could have accidentally knocked this in with how aggressive he played it. And he still was completely focused on the puck all the way. But this, somebody pointed this out. Like the way that he comes at Panarin right here with the stick out front causes Panarin to make this move, which Larkin wanted to have happen, which is where this idea of like, oh my God, this guy's a defensive genius, comes into play, pulls Panarin's stick back. Panarin is now just completely out of the play. Lark, It's Larkin's puck at this point. And Larkin should have shot and scored. <laughs> it looks like he's ready to, right? <laughs> now it looks like Panarin's trying to stop Dylan in this freeze frame. Yeah. Uh, but rolling forward here, this is all about Larkin. Like, oh, oh no, other oh, god, don't go now. Um, and I think he falls on his tokus. It looks like he's about to. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's where the replay stops. All right. So 
this is this is a beautiful play. Um, I, 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 Ken Kel uh, tweeted at us after we shared this video. Favorite play of the night. Blashill said, this is the play that we won on. Uh, Mike, I tweeted out, Larkin showing a lot of heart on this play. And now and I we understand why we're bringing this up. Because we want Matt's tweet to go even further than it already has. <laughs> I swear that's not what I was doing. Yeah, Larkin that's... did great. But did you see my tweet? Yeah, did you guys see it? 15,000 views. That's incredible. I'm sorry. 16,000. Most, most of them met as he counted the favorites. <laughs> Mike, <laughs> we got responses from Ken Kel, Jeff Merrick. That's about it. But... Made my Still day. pretty good. Yep. Thanks, Dylan Larkin, for <laughs> letting me screenshot your awesome play. That's how this works. Anyway, yeah. yeah. The point of me bringing up the heart thing wasn't to pat myself on the back, as Mike loves to think. Um, we're going to keep going with this Dylan Larkin conversation, Mike. Uh, I spelled heart incorrectly. I spelled it H-A-R-T. Dylan is now on a seven-game point streak, 14 points in these last seven games, six Goals, eight assists. Of course, he cleaned up uh, Danny the Kaiser's mess to uh, also get a goal against the Rangers, <laughs> which is another funny one to dissect. Mike did. Uh, I don't know if you want to go through that replay in a second, but we can decide if uh, Danny was trying to get the puck to Dylan, or if this was more like Dylan was—he's just so on it. He's like, "All right, Danny, shoot the puck. It's going to miss the net. It's coming over here. I got it. Goal." Uh, but we'll look at that in a second. But Mike, I, I raised the question, Hart. Because it's not only it's not only this right now. I mean, we're, we've got a top ten goal scorer, top twenty in points, and he's doing plays like this now. Some people responded to the tweet, and of course, there's a, quite a bit of hyperbole tied into the showing a lot of heart. And of course, uh, for anybody who didn't catch on to the joke, I spelled heart H A R T in reference to the Hart Trophy MVP in the uh, NHL for the year. Okay. Um, he didn't uh he didn't lock him into the sharpshooter a la Bret Hart. That's okay. <laughs> Another wrestling reference number two for you, Matt. But go ahead. <laughs> um I do have to, a quick shout out because we have uh, Brad and Craig joined us. Uh hey, what's going on, Craig? Brad thrown out there. He saw the title of the episode, he sees we're talking about Dylan Larkin, so he's saying, of course, uh <laughs> he's jumping midway into the conversation of Larkin being expendable, correct? Absolutely, Brad. That's where we're going with this. Just kidding. Uh, Craig thrown <coughs> out there again, proving to be a number one center, which, of course, uh, you know, I tried to say last week, and I chose the worst possible way to say it. I don't know if you remember that, Mike. Kept me up at night. <clears throat> Anyways. Everybody's thinking about it. <laughs> For the last seven days, everyone's like, man, can you imagine what Matt's thinking right now? He's probably just tossing and turning in bed. All right. Can I finish? Uh, let me finish one of these thoughts. Um We've been waiting for you to do that for ages, man. Go ahead. Well, I wanted to say hi to the good folks at home. I know. I like to rib you constantly. So go ahead. Performance art thrown out there. Larkin's playing at an elite level. Uh, actually, to that point, that's where I, I fucked up because I was trying to say last time uh, that he is beyond elite and he's at franchise level. And then I started talking about how he wasn't a I'm doing it again. Why am I doing it? I'll shut up. I'm going to shut up. Here we go. Heart trophy. Hyperbole. Of course. Mike, the guy who wins the Selkie, plays great defense, also gets a lot of points. Is that 
This is what I want. I threw in the notes. Is that the hardware we have to cross our fingers and hope for for Dylan? Because that was always like for Pavel Datsuk. Like we could always see the MVP caliber play, but he was never going to win it because he just doesn't lead the league in points. Now I made mention of Dylan being a top 20 goal score, or I'm sorry, top 10 in goals, top 20 in points. He's got a few extra games on some folks too. So that might, by the end of the season, not work itself out as, uh, unless Dylan just keeps this point streak going <laughs> for the rest of the year. But um, <clears throat> you know, it, it is one of those things. If we we're just completely honest, it's very tough for you to win the Hart Trophy if you're not leading in points or goals or at least in the top three. Mm-hmm. So, again, tying a lot of hyperbole there. Mike, is is the Selkie the highest we can dream here for Dylan? And we're not even looking at Dylan's, like, best defensive season. Uh, we're looking at a very good offensive season for Dylan and one that we're looking at him and saying the two-way game that he combines into having – this high level of offensive production is where he becomes our Detroit Red Wings MVP. Um, but yeah, is it, is it just something where we have to cross our fingers and hope that people kind of do one of these while they're voting for people listening on the podcast and covering my eyes, but they're voting for Dylan Larkin <laughs> because there isn't really another way to give him. You can't, he's going to get heart trophy votes, right? I guarantee it. Because there's going to be some people tied with Detroit that will look at that this year's performance and say, yes, he can get on my ballot. No problem. Um, uh, let me uh, let me push back. Do you want to pause for you want to stop me from rambling for a second? Yeah, let me let me push back on that. I don't think he's going to get heart votes unless he gets us into the playoffs. I don't think a non playoff team deserves a player to, to, to like earn any voting for that. You're, you're not, you're just, no. It, no, it's it's not going to happen um, unless we get aggressive at the deadline and, you know, suddenly Verona comes back and he's just uh, red hot as if he never got injured at all, um, which is, you know, a lot of a lot of things would have to go right for that to happen. Um, but I do think the Selkie Award is I think it's also it's something that's uh, kind of near and dear to, to Red Wing fan hearts because uh, no, no pun intended. Um because we've we've had a pretty good history of it. Um, I mean, we've had Fedorov win it. We've had Iserman win it. We've had Chris Draper win it. Uh, Matt, we had Datsuk win it three years in a row. Um, it's our award. It's just weird because the definition of it, it's it's about somebody who plays really good defense. <laughs> but they end up giving it to people. Yeah, well, you got to score too. And it's like, well, that's not really the definition of the trophy. <laughs> but, I mean, that's how Datsuk, I mean... Uh, what Kessler, Bergeron on the Bruins, uh, Taves on the Blackhawks. I mean, um, you know, it's guys least, who also who also yeah, scored Ke- pretty when Kessler, pretty heavily. When Kessler was winning it, he was scoring. No. Yeah, not anymore. This is 2011 <laughs> Kessler. Think, let me let me add that caveat. Yeah, we don't yeah. worry about him anymore. Um, I mean, there was a few years where scoring <laughs> didn't matter. Uh, you know, like when Draper won. Um, but <laughs> I mean, like Iserman and Fedorov winning it. I think that kind of you know indicates what they're looking for when they give that. Um, award out so it kind of feels like you know to compare it to wrestling this is the intercontinental championship right wow where you're the effort guy (laughs) we're the effort guy you're the effort guy in the company and you know as as long as larkin you know we, we know that offensively he's having you know a career year uh for him um compared to his his peers in the league i'm listening um he's he's getting in that top top 10 um 
And if there's more defensive plays like this, this this feels like one with, with the right kind of, and this is what it usually takes, with the right kind of articles from local news and a few athletic articles, he could easily win this uh, Selkie this year, or at least medal in the voting. Yeah, and again, it's so weird, too, that we have to throw a caveat on there where it's like, well, the defensive numbers aren't even that amazing. But it does feel like the Selkie has turned into, like, a different kind of a word. Um, performance art throws out there, Mike. Oh, you know what? Real quick for uh, for Brad there. Uh, it is uh, at BOD Hockey. Uh, we, we're trying to – we're messaging the folks who decided, oh – in the last year to create a Red Wings rant Twitter account where they have no followers. That was really nice of them. Um, so we're trying to get that one. But for the time being, we're going to stick with the brothers of discussion tagging and keep it at BOD Hockey on Twitter. <laughs> we'll make the big announcement if we can ever snag Red Wings If we rant. ever acquire the rights. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the person doesn't even respond to messages. So it's like, all right, what are we doing here? Can I ask Twitter to shut it down? Anyway, um, performance art throughout there, though. Uh, I think a hard trophy can be won outside of the top three. Take a, a shit team. Hmm. Let's see. Let's cross off some boxes here. Uh, and, make, and make the playoffs. Uh, in the top ten, you get some serious consideration. So, Mike. Playoffs I, is an absolute necessity, though. Yeah, could we I, – I, so here's what I'm doing here. Uh, the last I checked, Boston had lost a couple. Oh, no, they, beat, they, Ottawa, have... they beat Ottawa last night, so never mind. I, I was going to say they were sliding, but uh, they're, they're no, back. No, I think they're eight points up with two games in hand. Um, You are correct, sir, but that's still, that's still kind of a slide uh, because it was – I think we had like four games in hand, and there were like ten points. So we're we're catching up. And of course, uh, you know, they, they're having some goaltender troubles, especially with uh, Rask hanging it up with another injury. Um, and they did, I, I mean, we don't want to get too deep into Boston's situation, but we could say goaltender troubles pile up. There's, you know, it's, it's possible, I guess. Um, I mean, you know, we have another game against Colorado coming up uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks. We have a hockey game again. Um <laughs> And I mean, those are the types of games that we'd need to win for us to actually be in that conversation. But Mike, what I was bringing up, I still think it's a it's a long shot. <clears throat> but if Dylan and the Detroit Red Wings end up in that last wild card spot, wow, a lot of a lot of things would have went wrong in Boston. Let me tell you, and they already have. They're already going wrong. Goaltender Rask done for. He's retired. He's done. Uh, so things are going wrong. One more injury, maybe an injury on the perfection line, uh, and door opened. So is that enough for you? We sneak in. Is that second wild card spot, by your definition, enough to get those to get more heart trophy consideration? It gets you in the conversation. All right. That's fine. That's fine. I will. I will concede that. That's fine. I, I will allow that. Um, but well, what's 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 stupid is if I think the I can't remember when the voting ends. Um, if we end up like winning a couple playoff games, look at how far we're into the future we're going. If we end up by miracle getting into the playoffs and winning playoff games, they would probably give it to Larkin, even though you're not supposed to count playoff success. Um, 
but I, but a lot, a lot of things would have to go right for the Red Wings. I don't even know um, if you can count, but because the play, the votes are in, right? So they're in, so you can't count playoffs anyway because they've already right. I think that's the timeline. Because uh, you're supposed to wait for the season to end, and then there's kind of a weird, you know, little bit of time where I I, I don't remember when they end, but. Yeah, I, my, my, I feel like the last I looked it up, it was, we just don't hear about the winner till the end of the season, but the votes are already in. That's how, like, we get these coach of the years and then the coaches out in the first the team round. got knocked out in the first round, right? And fired sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mike, real quick, because uh, Tristan's here. He wants to talk about expendable players. Uh, so, hold, hold on a minute, Tristan. We have other show topics. Mike. I've been trying to tell you, please, Mike, please consider when you're putting in your vote for Calder, please consider Moritz Sider. I beg of you. I know you want to give it to Zegris, and I'm going to I'm gonna give you more evidence. Um, so please consider it. More TikTok-y evidence that you're desperate to have, even though Zegris scored from behind the freaking <laughs> line the other day. <laughs> Don't think about that. Okay. Don't. Deleting that from my memory. Thank Done. you. All right. No, it wasn't. It was another amazing replay for Seekers. Another highlight. But forget that, Mike, because we do have more insider right now who doesn't always have those opportunities because he's a defenseman, okay? We got to get him behind the net. Let him cook. Get him, in, get him in his office. <laughs> I do like the idea of him approaching Jeff listen, and asking okay. for an opportunity. Listen, I, like, you give me a lot of grief for putting Zegris, um, not only as the Calder winner, but in the Hall of Fame. Um, <laughs> for not necessarily hockey, but the TikTok Hall of Fame. Um, but if you want to, if you want to make cider, if you want to give him this award and get more eyeballs on this game, I think all you have to do is create a montage of all these power hits that he's put together over the course of the season and talk about him mowing over the competition for that Calder Trophy. I think that's the only way to do it, is if you can't sell razzle-dazzle with the guy, which is not his game, you sell the power. Um, and I know it's ob obviously it works here. Everybody loves mowed over, um, you know, because it's, it's like Cronwald, but better. Uh, because he just stands there and people die crashing into him. I love these plays. Oh, what's that? Uh-oh. Ah, hey, what's going on? Ah, there's sound. Oh, no. Ah, hey, we're going to get canceled. We are. <laughs> all right. Well, there's your replay for all the YouTube viewers. Well, that, that's great. Well, <laughs> I played two seconds of uh, Valley Sports content, so now they're going to come for us, uh, as they've shown us in the past. I just but love yeah. that Cider is, um, he's like Everest, right? And all these guys try to like, you know, ascend him and attack yep. him. And Where then there's just all stop? these, there's all these base camps of just, you know, dead, dead people, you know, with water bottles and skates <laughs> in the snow drifts. And nobody can, nobody can conquer this mountain, Mount Cider. Um, yeah, I, I'm wondering when this is all going to stop. Like, how, how much longer are these guys going to keep trying to run at Cider? Because it's not even, I, I, I don't know. I feel like we've been talking about this for quite a while of uh, guys trying to run at him. And, like, uh, listen, Cronwall, bless him, right? He would be a cannonball and, you know, fling his whole body at full speed at people. And then you got Cronwall. But 
I think this is a little more impressive because Cider is man, he's like the he's like the big man in the Royal Rumble where everybody comes for him. Well, to put it this way, like I, I know what you're saying with the Cronwald thing. We don't wanna like like those were always fun. But this yeah. is I this is more impressive because Cider's making the play here. And Kreider's like, all right, I'm going to smash this kid and teach him a lesson about, you know, how you play hockey in MSG. And Cider's just like, no, get out of here. I don't care if we almost have the same last name. We're not friends. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, like, like that's a thousand percent. You're correct. Nothing against Cronwald, but being Cider is like, well, wait, I'm going to get the puck out of the zone and we're going to go score a goal and I'm going to smash your face clean, by the way. like. I don't know what Kreider was thinking going face first, like to start the hit on Cider. Um, so for anybody who missed it, I mean, this is, we're, we're going to slow this down, but Kreider's going in to smash Cider while Cider's making a play out of the zone. And it's just, I mean, is it, doesn't it look like Kreider's like leading with his face to start this check and Cider just lays him out? I don't know what the plan was. Some of this where you keep, you brought up pro wrestling twice today, Mike. Sometimes you watch pro wrestling and you're like, well, what was that going to do if he actually did land the hit? That's what this kind of looks like. Like, I don't know what Kreider was thinking. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to lead with my team. I think part of the problem is that Cider is, is so, um, God, what's the word for it? Uh, Funny. I can't, th I can't think of the word for it because he, Weird. he doesn't look like he's getting ready for a hit, right? It looks like he's just getting ready to do another stride. So he definitely caught uh, Kreider by surprise that he didn't. He sure. he was probably still in the process of lining up his move when Cider just kind of you know ambushed him with a you know a, a giant kaboom um, from his mountain shoulder. So which ambush I will say is a funny word to pick because clearly Kreider's trying to hit Cider while he's busy doing something else. So yeah, that that's who's ambushing and Cider's just he's. I would come back to your climbing the mountain climbing mountain cider and just stick with the mountain because it's just it just wasn't gonna go well either way um all right uh what do you guys want to talk about should we go into the soda blow is can i ask one go... question about cider is he a vegetarian because the way his eyeballs work i don't know how he saw somebody out of oh. the peripheral coming to okay. attack him so he's a little bit like a like an elk where he's got his eyes on the side of his head so he can see, you know, all the attacks coming from any angle. Uh, yeah, I you started saying that, and I was like, I don't know, but okay, I, I understand. Yeah, that's what I was going for. Yeah, <laughs> that's how elk right, work. Um, yeah. where are we? Uh, do you want to do a quick soda blum content, and then we'll jump into who's expendable? We are at a half oh, hour you, already. Yeah, are you doing the the one handed attack? Uh, yeah, you want to look at though, because what I wanted to bring up was just, I mean, we we've been hoping that Soderblom was going to start trending up, uh, so that we could see him next year. Uh, we've got, and God, I got to change this overlay because I keep blocking the statistics <laughs> with this massive overlay. Um, or I got to make my PowerPoint slides uh, smaller. But uh, we're going back. Uh, what one, two, three, four, five, six games? Uh, he's got five points in six games, three goals. He scored another one yesterday. Off beautiful pass from uh, Edvinson, Mike. Uh, that's just normal, though. The the Edvinson <laughs> amazing plays. That's just what happens. Uh, but yeah, earlier in the game, before uh, before Edvinson did make that play, uh, let me kind of slow down here so i can pull up uh ice hockey gifts 
if you guys you guys are all following him, I don't need to tell you to go follow Ice Hockey Gifts. Um, but let me let me share this. Soderbaum gets the puck at center ice and just move like just one arms all these little kids that he's playing with. Now, <clears throat> I will challenge Mike the excitement here. I I I am over the moon excited for Soderblom. Yeah. <clears throat> Not many guys obviously will come up to the height of six foot eight. Um <laughs> and and just humanity, right? Uh right. I don't want to be too impressed by this because these guys are smaller in the SHL than they are in the NHL. So I think that it's really fun to watch, but that we do have to kind of take it with a grain of salt. Like be excited about it, but also, you know. There's some, there's, there's like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, there's some variables to consider, uh, when getting excited about that. So, uh, but we can also get excited about though, uh, cause this is the stuff, uh, I'm over the moon with is, uh, here's Edmondson throwing it up to Soderblom. One man show from there whips it wow. into the net. I mean, he's six foot eight, Mike. And the way he skates into the zone, just no problem. He knows he's going to outplay who's ever playing, uh, you know, uh, I I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know the defenders <laughs> playing in the SHL. So we're going to be generic here. And we're just going to say guys playing Soderblom. But we do know Edmondson has the puck here, throws it up ice. And wow, what a terrible way for me to fast forward through that replay. But this this is the part that I think is is most important because this carrying the puck into the zone and finding his own space using the body and it wasn't just about like it wasn't about him just overpowering because he has that size advantage it was him it was all about position right the booty in the way the way he adjusted his legs used his arms to make that um space between him and the defender so using the length of the arms and and that we can kind of take out of the equation like oh well he's just massive uh, so his strength over these little guys is what's going to help him score goals. Because again, I think strength is going to be an issue when he gets to the NHL. He won't just be able to overpower guys because he, he's got to put some more beef on that six foot eight frame. So when he's making these plays and using this height to just create space with, with it being about him positioning and sticking the right way. And of course he's using some of that weight. I'm not saying he's not using any of it, but this is more about him skating well into the zone and him stick handling, which I think is going to be huge for them making that decision for him coming from the SHL and probably making a stop in the AHL and then coming to Detroit and seeing how that works. So a little bit of a point streak here. We're seeing some major strides, both literally <laughs> and uh, wait, what's the other way we say things figuratively? Figuratively, yeah. <laughs> No, it's so, just an interesting evolution, right? Yeah. Because um, I think you're seeing it in a lot of sports now where, um, it, you know, uh, you could say for football at the Super Bowl, like Aaron Donald being, you know, a super athletic guy for his size. Um, NBA players, if you're a center, it's not enough to be big. you got to be skilled. So it's, it's kind of cool that, um, you know, in the Ken Holland era, we used to focus more – I. I I'm going to throw his name under the bus, but you guys know what I'm talking about when I say it. It's like the Yuri Hoodler era where, you know, it was a, a skilled guy, but he was small, right? And he would get pushed around. And, you know, he'd have some regular season success, but it didn't feel like we had that extra oomph in the playoffs and we would get, you know, bullied and out-muscled. 
So now Iserman just kind of like pursuing all these huge human beings. Um, not necessarily just for the sake of them being huge, uh, but like Cider, uh, like Edmondson, evidently like Soderblom. Um, skilled, huge human beings. This was a Ken Holland pick, I think. Oh, <gasps> Matthew, challenge me on that. Sorry, let me make sure. I thought Soderblom was Iserman. I'll backtrack all of this. Um... Retire from this sport. <laughs> All right, guys, it's a solo podcast going forward. I apologize. I, I, I mean, uh, oh, wait, uh, 2019. There we go. Bingo, bingo. Never mind. Yeah, I'm back. Woo. Yeah, Man, my... Matt was wrong. Woo. Matt, you have to retire. <laughs> Booyah. Shit. All right. Shit. All right. I'm sorry. Um... <laughs> so I get to call you a funny word from now on. You're a dingle dangle from now on. <laughs> I don't even... Okay, I'm fine with that. But yeah, you know what I'm getting at? Like these... Yeah. Iserman keeps trapped in these huge skilled players in a couple years my god if these guys pan out the Vikings are going to be a gigantic team and the smallest guy on our squad is going to be larkin <laughs> well uh lucas my apologies lucas raymond yeah <laughs> all right um we got the soda blip stuff out of the way that's always fun i just like being excited about our prospects and it's it's different when you get to see the size turn into some major skill and we were watching Soderblom right in the World Juniors. That was two World Juniors ago. And we were like, well, look at him stick handle. But then we also had to remember he's playing against little kids. And he's three times the size of any player he was going up against. <laughs> it just uh, wasn't fair. Uh, but this is him playing in the SHL. I, and, I would and... really, God, I would just be so tickled to see when he, you know, like starts playing over here, you know, in Grand Rapids and eventually maybe the Red Wings uh, because, you know, the, the scuttlebutt is always, oh, he's, his stride is too long. He'll never be able to keep up. Yeah, but his range is crazy long. Like mm -hmm. his radius to like get around with his stick. How are you going to get by that? I, 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 I'm fascinated to see if it pans out for him. Well, uh, Mike, it is time for us to move into the topic of the show, as I've uh, stolen before from Kind of Funny, our tots. Topic of like Scott's yeah. tots. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what that is, but we'll continue. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 in any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. You could still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone could play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 and over, minimum age, and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in Tennessee. Call or text the Tennessee red line 1-800-889-9789 in Connecticut. 
Connecticut. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. <laughs> now there's a ton of conversation going on uh about who we're getting rid of and there's some there's some fisticuffs mike in the in the chat oh man, uh, i love it what do we uh, got we we uh I'm, I'm trying to scroll back here to when tristan first uh threw in uh threw his hat in the ring uh this was oh geez this was 16 minutes ago uh tristan threw throws out there right away fabry's expendable to me now tristan jumped in we were talking about dylan larkin i think at the time but tristan was ready to go he's <laughs> Let's let's get rid of Fabry. Um, we'll get into that in a second. I just want to kind of go through these and get everybody's uh, thoughts. Um, performance out, uh, performance art. Uh, Fabry can go. Uh, he's always uh, he always gets late uh, this period. Uh, oh, I get it. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm, tr- I'm just performance art. There's a little. There's, I, I need uh, I need a second before I read through these. I guess. Uh, but he's always getting late penalties is what performance art is saying, which has uh, clearly been a problem a couple of times. Yeah. Um, where uh, I saw one on here that was like, how do you get rid of family? Oh, here we go. Uh, Joe Diamond. Uh, not sure how anyone can say Fabry is expendable uh, with the way the golf Guelph storm is performing right now. That that's a great point. I Tristan, we as a show. So like take away the Guelph storm as a show. We've always tried to remind people that when Fabry looks aggressive and fun offensively, he struggles mightily defensively, and his numbers show that, uh, both in the advanced analytics and if you want to just go baseline on what goals are going in when he's on the ice. Um, so I, I, I am not, like, a, a huge Fabry supporter, but if there's anything to support keeping Fabry, it's that, you you know, then you have a second line that doesn't need Dylan Larkin or Lucas Raymond, and it's it's putting pucks in the back of the net. So the Fabry defensive numbers haven't necessarily improved from an advanced analytics perspective, but um, it is nice to have some confusion from the opponent on, you know, what are we going to do about two lines that can actually score? And that's before we even add Verona to the mix. So let me let me say that he is not expendable in that what we would get back for him in a trade would not be as valuable as how we treat him. Now, to Tristan's point, <clears throat> he says this line is carried by Suter and Bertuzzi, and Fabry is kind of just making bank. Oh, no, we're calling him a, a coattails player. Yes, there's a good way to put it. So I, I will take that, Tristan, and uh, we'll say two points to trading Fabry, one point to keeping him <laughs> so far. Uh, all right, we, we we had to scroll down a little bit here because everybody started to uh, to get back into our our conversation. I mean, he's he's uh, a flexible guy who you know you can kind of pop him into any line. Um, but I just the reason that he's not expendable for me, I, I don't think you could really get you're not going to get like a first or a second round pick for him. Um, you know, do you really want to give up a guy you could you know potentially put on a third line once we get a little more depth? You know, for a third round pick, I, you know, I don't think the value's there in the trade. I think it's more value to keep him on the team at this point. So two, two to two. Uh, Joe did come back. Uh, he just said it seems silly to to think that Fabry is being carried by them. 
Uh, but this is my favorite part. So quick shout out. You guys are my absolute favorite. <laughs> this is one of my all-time favorite Red Wings rant comment chants. Tristan goes, okay, Joe. And then Joe says, okay, Tristan. And then Tristan comes back and says, okay, Joseph. <laughs> he, he says, just kidding. But that was, uh, guys, bravo. That was um, my absolute favorite back and forth. Um, but it, it is it is great because you guys are so... You guys are way more adult than I am uh, because, then, you know, then Joe says, it's, it's your opinion. Let, no, he's quoting the dude. Let's like your opinion, man. Oh, yeah. my God. You're so right. Ah. Come on, man. <laughs> no, this is me. I, I'm i playing chess right listen, now. Right? Listen, listen. Like, Fabry, Fabry, Fabry is the rug, right? He ties the whole room together. You can't just get rid of the rug. Well, how about Joe says this? Uh the team isn't good enough to get rid of someone like Fabry. He's still certainly one of the better players on this team. Mike, I think that's kind of what you were just saying. Yeah, by by default, we can't afford to get rid of him because we don't really have anyone to take his spot, and we wouldn't get a lot of value back. We wouldn't get equal value back in the trade. Um. All right, so there's quite a bit of conversation just going on about Fabry, but this is, this is kind of where we wanted to take this, was just things... Clearly have progressed, I think, since the last time we, we talked about the trade deadline. Uh, Mike, you and I probably both have the cap-friendly page up right now. And if you don't, um, always always a good idea to have it ready to go. I've been reading... Right, because we said before like the if, show started... You know, if you're at a party you, have it. you know, and somebody brings up NHL trades, oh, let me get cap-friendly up, see how that I... works. <laughs> let me see what kind of uh, trade protection we got on our, our second, third-round picks that we have in surplus this year. So I I had to meet one of the uh, executives at my new job. And there's a lot of pressure when you come into the new job saying like, yeah, I, 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 my experience is this podcast for the new job. Right. Mm-hmm. So everybody knows it's happening. I guess when they announced that I was coming to the company and they said, Andy has a Red Wings podcast. So I'm going to an executive and I'm introduced as the Red Wings guy. And he's pulling out his phone to say, hey, I met this I met this Red Wings player the other day. Now, he, he uh, knew who it was, but he was testing me. And I tell you, I have been asked, like, straight up marketing questions. I don't care. I, I can go through that no problem. You can pull some of those answers right out of your behind sometimes. He was pulling up that picture, and I was like, oh, my God, this is where I prove myself to the new executive yeah. on our team. And I'm just sweating bullets. I can see him scrolling through his phone, going down, 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 down. And then uh, it actually wasn't a picture of him. It was a picture of uh, this player and his wife. And, oh, my God, thank God it was Michael Rasmussen because he's got a very – Rasmussen face like that it's clearly Michael Rasmussen he pulls it up and I'm like oh cool you met Rasmussen he's like that's it that's you got it but yeah there's a lot of pressure that comes with uh <laughs> going Man, out there. good thing you didn't get more uh um uh, I don't know more more rare than that I don't know um, my brain is failing me right now I can't think of any of the words that I want to say um, it, it is possible I just bored you to death with that story, so that <laughs> it could be it. No, I can feel a few wrinkles in my brain smoothing out, so that's the real problem. That's right. the real problem. Yeah. Mike, hit me. Let's. You want to? We're talking expendable players here. Yeah. Fabry. 
final line from the Red Wings rant. Uh, I mean, say, are we just saying, are we saying yes or no? Is that what we're getting at? Because I'm going to say no, because we're not we going to get the value there. Do we want to rank them? Who's most expendable? Or let's do least expendable. Let's let's go that let's go that route, right? Jesus, are we going through 25 players, Matt? Quick. Dylan Larkin, right? Lucas Raymond, Moritz Sider. We're good. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're not expendable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can do that. Hey, give me another name. Give me another one. Nedelkovich. Expendable. Oh. All right. No, I'm kidding. Matt, we can't get rid of him. He's our rookie of the year, maybe. Yeah, I know. I'm saying we're going from least expendable to expendable. So I'm. Jesus, this is way too many players, Matt. I thought you had it narrowed down to like five. What are we doing the whole roster for? No, we're not trading the Delkovich. Huh? I thought that was the game we were playing. There's still an argument to be made, I think. You're like, nothing's set in stone with any of these guys except for the first three, I feel like. All right, Nadelkovich, not expendable. Okay. Okay. Yeah, fine. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Man, I'm not saying to Man, Osterley, him. is he expendable? Is, is our seventh defenseman expendable? Oh, my God. I'm going to wring your neck the next time I see you in person. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. So, clearly, we didn't have a plan here. You uh, had players written out for us. You had five guys. I... Why are we doing the entire roster? Did I have five guys written out somewhere? Yes. Oh. Oh, in the notes? I was saying... Yeah, the show notes that we I put was, together. I was saying the conversation would include these how, guys. How expendable is Dylan Larkin? Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a real not, interesting not. question to explore. The fucking Selkie heart winner for this season. <laughs> God. I'm going to fucking murder you the next time I see you. So just consider yourself dead. This is on YouTube. Is Bo Sidorov, is he a flash of the pants? You know, is he expendable? Is oh my god, I'm gonna murder you. <laughs> I, 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 all right, let's so let's read the notes. I said, yeah. we rank the Red Wings, Red Wings roster and assets. So if you're going by the, the show notes, Mr. Deadman, then what I just said was accurate. And then I said, including Tyler Bertuzzi, Mark Stahl. Okay, but clearly, Mike doesn't have the time for me to say there's four players who not only Matt, are... you just asked me if Larkin was expendable. I didn't ask. I labeled him as not <laughs> expendable. It's not an... Ad. Oh, my God. I'm going to... Is, oh, uh, is Steve Eiserman expendable, or do we Man, just call up Horkoff? Yeah, let's call up Horkoff. I, I feel like he's a young... Young guy, as far as the GMs go. Let's give him a shot. This is when I murder you. It's been (laughs) 212 episodes, but that's when somebody If you had to give up one, Iserman or Larkin, who are you giving up? I'm not even going to, I'm not giving that. Entertain us with an answer. Nope. (laughs) No. Go away. All right. (laughs) I fucking hate you so much. (laughs) All right. So Mike just wants us to go. Uh, pick from the bottom of the barrel and say, uh, these guys are expendable. All right. So let's play. Mike's fun game. Um, sorry. I don't know what I'm what was that, Cookie I Monster? Apologize. I don't know what that voice was. <laughs> I just, I just wanted to cross some names off the list for myself, but no, 
All right, let's get back into it. I'm sure we've lost quite a few viewers with this argument. Um, <clears throat> is this, I mean, it, this is the banter you need, right? There's two brothers talking hockey. Yeah, just keep justifying it, Matt. Let's do it. Oh, you piece of garbage. Oh, my God. I hate you so much. All right, I'll start from the top here uh, on cap friendly from the forwards. Uh, so they're ordered by, uh, I think they're ordered by how much their cap hit is. Um, so, Mike, this is the guy on the list. I'm going by the list. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, Mike. Is he expendable? Is that the question? Yeah. Um, Matt, as far as this team goes, and as far as our, our prospect list goes, he's a, about as inexpendable as it gets. This guy carries the team offensively for, for stretches. He's so good. He made Puse center, a Puse, uh, a viable center in the NHL again. Um, he's, he's helped unlock Fabry. He's made Fabry look useful again. Matt, I, I, I don't think the twos, even with his, uh, omissions from the stat sheet, um, and our, in our brothers to the North in Canada, you, you can't get rid of this guy. If you really believe that, you know, we're another draft in a, a free agency wave from being competent, you can't say bye to a 26 year old guy who has a, a win above replacement at like 95% right now. No, he, he's not expendable. See, Eric throws out there. I thought everyone wanted Burt traded. What happened? I, I You'd also have to talk right now, the trade value for Burt, even though he's probably has the least amount of trade value of any player that's performing or has performed as well as Burt in the history of the NHL. <laughs> There's... You not only cross him off a ton of teams, but nobody wants to play that game of like, well, I hope we don't see a Canadian team in the playoffs. Well, um, I mean, if you ended up trading him to, I don't, we don't need to play that game. Uh, the Metropolitan, Div is if you no. trade him to the Metropolitan Division, there's no Canadian teams in that league, so you maximize his potential. You could still see a wild card team, right? You're still not okay. Anyway, <clears throat> where were we? All right, moving oh. down. Uh, we're going to stick with the second line. We already did Fabry. I think we, we're saying no is our official stance. Uh, unless, I don't know. What do we say here? What if the trade is too good? Like, I don't need to hang on to Robbie Fabry. But if there was, like, somebody, for some reason, was, like, targeting guys that had three years left <laughs> so that they had a longer asset. Uh, if they're, and when I say some guy, I mean some team. Oh, no, he's got four years left. So, yeah, we have uh, we have four years on Fabry's contract. Three? Mm -hmm. What? He's got this season, and then you get club yeah. control for three years. Yeah, so he's got this year. One year would be this year. You see? That well, I mean, if you traded for him, you get him this year. If yeah. he had a contract next season, you'd say you get him this year plus a season. So look at Mike. I'm going to, this is the day that you're dead. But look at the chart on Cap Friendly. It says you're okay. saying. Looks like 2021, 2022, which is this season. Yeah. And then 2022, 2023, 2023, no, you're losing. No, you already lost the argument. Because one year remaining means you're a UFA this summer. So oh, I, I hope somebody's enjoying this fight today because it's the last one that happens. Because I'm coming over today and, and you're dead. I'm... <laughs> fucking hate you so much today right now um 
He's got right. three more years. Okay, go ahead. He got. He has three more plus the one. Oh my God! Shut. Oh, we're not doing this. We're tired. All right, just continue, Matt. We got like forty-five players to go through. I don't know why we're doing it this way, but go ahead. We've already contributed. We're doing it. We've committed. Well, don't. Yeah, don't look up. Oh, here's all the teams that we could possibly trade Tyler to. <laughs> all right. So what are we saying, Robbie Fabry? I'm saying we're keeping him. No, the trade has to be a the trade has to be and well let's put it this way if it's an Anthony Mantha level trade, I'd say yes, but that's not coming, so it's a no. Uh, he's expendable that his skill level and ceiling are at a point where you you know would trade him, but you're not going to get the value that the Red Wings put in him, so he's yeah. not expendable. So let's, I'm going to define an Anthony Mantha level trade is that you're getting a good replacement player and a draft pick. Right. Oof. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's what the right. You got Verana, and you got a draft pick, and you you know maybe you got to take on an older asset uh, and take on some cash. But I'm just saying, that's how we're going to define it. Yeah. So I would still say you know we're looking at Larkin, Cider, um, and Lucas Raymond. You get the Anthony Mantle level contract. I'm still saying no, but for Fabry, I'd say yes. Uh, Suter, Mike, expendable. Uh, in the year in our the year of our Lord two thousand twenty two, absolutely not expendable. Uh, we have no centers on this team. We have no centers in the minors. Uh, he's the second best center by default. There's no <laughs> way you can trade this guy right now, unless you want to move Bergeron, uh, since he used to play center a long time ago. Um, all right, you're right. This is this is going to take a while. Uh, we can zip through a few more of these. Uh, man, Adam Ernie expendable. Yeah, absolutely, but nobody wants him. <laughs> right? But you get to add two million to your books. Woohoo! Um, we have a ton of space. We don't need to do that. If anything, we should be taking money on. Yeah, Matt, I got another one for you. Uh, for Nemesnikov. It. Absolutely. Expendable. Absolutely. Matt, he's gonna I'm get sorry. a career high in goals. Do I want to move Vladdy? No. Is a fourth round pick. As argued by Sir Max Boltman, enough for me to move Vladdy. No. But I I would say I, I would do like a conditional. If it ends up being like this team has to get to the conference finals, otherwise it's a fourth round pick. But if it's like second or third, I know there's more value to Vladdy there. What I'd prefer to see is like we're gonna move him for a second round pick, but we'll we'll you know we'll make it a fourth if you miss the playoffs. I, that's what I'd prefer. But I, I still am fine playing this game. And I, I'd probably, you know, if I'm managing, if I'm Steve, I want to talk to Vladdy and be like, look, know you love it here. I think it's best for you and it helps out the club. You know, you can go try and win a Stanley Cup. We uh, can get a draft pick and we can bring you back in the offseason kind of thing. So that I, I try to be that open and honest with him and and then, yeah, make make that move. Yeah, I mean, uh, it'd be nice if he would... Uh, um... Obviously, we didn't bring him back. We did on a tryout, but kind of the the way, you know, the Bobby Ryan treatment where he's like, yeah, I, I would love to come back, that kind of thing. Um, you know, because Eiserman's really good at building these relationships. Matt, got another player here. Uh, he's uh, He takes pictures with uh, CEO's wives, Mr. Michael Rasmussen. 
Yeah, he's expendable. Uh, you get in the same game here. That I don't, I don't know who wants him. Uh, we've got him inked, what, three years? Cap Friendly says, and their chart, years remaining, three years left. Um, sorry. Uh, <laughs> this year, for Mike, it's this year plus two years. Uh, but yeah, he's he's expendable. I would challenge to uh, say who would, you know, who, who wants him. I think he's um, made some great strides this year. But there's nothing there to say you have to hang on to him to see how this pans out, right? Because that's the question you have to ask. Is it worth it to see if this player pans out? Mike, Mike, maybe from the perspective, like you said, we're pretty short on center prospects. That's mm-hmm. 100% valid. But then is it possible for us to make an upgrade? You know, I mean, we, we're, we're still waiting for uh, Mitchell Stevens to come back, too, as a, as a fourth-line center. So... There's some options already on the team that are just injured right now. So, yeah. Um, so uh, am I willing to wait for a guy who takes up an 80th of the cap? Um, yes, I'm willing to wait on Michael. So expendable? Yeah, but, you know, he's kind of in the same boat as Fabry where, you know, he. I, I don't really think you're getting much back for him unless it's another project player who has also kind of underperformed um, and probably in a similar age bracket because they're, mm-hmm. you know, he's only 22. Um, we're going to skip Lucas Raymond because obviously not expendable. Um, a guy who he's very, he's, he's like one hot week away from being third in NHL or in uh, Detroit Red Wing rookie scoring ever. So um, we'll, we'll, he's not expendable, Matt. We're going to skip him. Uh, Matt, that brings us to Zadina. Expendable or no? Well, this is this is the tough one, right? Um, Keep in mind, he will be a restricted free agent. So you will get to uh, go to an arbiter and figure out this contract. Very excited to do that. Will this team be able to survive? If I ask the same question I asked with Rasmussen, are they able to survive without Zadina's production? Absolutely. Right now, yeah. This, what they get for him, I mean, Steve, you know, he's not going to not try to maximize the value in return, but, I mean, it, it would have to be, it doesn't have to be a haul. Like, it doesn't have to be a ton of assets, but it's got to be some high-value assets. I mean, it's got to be something where... uh we need to look at it and go, wow, who saw, like, what is that guy, What is that GM seeing in Phillips Adina where they gave up that much? Other, If it's not that conversation, I'm taking my chances on Phillips Adina panning out. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. Um, I think that he is... Okay, it's it's so tough because the Red Wings are right at that spot where we you're right at that age, man. We really need to start seeing something, but it's not like too late. You can still kind of suck this year, and we'll see how you pan out. And we know we've seen some shimmers and some glimpses and um, some shadows of what could be. Um, he is expendable, and that he hasn't proved it yet. But he's not expendable, and that again, he's only 22, like Rasmussen, and you know you can you can kind of wait. So uh, he's not being traded. Um, Matt, I think a little bit easier one, Sam Gagne. Um, 32 years old, unrestricted free agent this this summer. Yeah, I I mean, 
expendable clearly uh i think as the scene is the season is rolled on i've like become a huge fan of god yeah I, I love what he's been doing with the kids i love the way he talks to uh to joe valeno like when they had valeno mic'd up and First thing Gagne said after Valeno missed an open net was, "Don't worry about it. You're gonna get the next one." Like it's uh, that is like I didn't even hesitate. Like that's one of those where you know you want. <laughs> I'm gonna be like a '90s comedian here, but you know your your wife says, "How do I look?" And you you can't hesitate for a second. You got to immediately say, "Oh my God, you look amazing. You look beautiful." And that's what that's what Sam Gagne did. Like it was a perfect response, and it it builds you up gets you ready to go out there and, and you immediately like take all those negative thoughts. They go right out, right out of the back of your head. Cause, cause you got your man, Sam Gagne backing you up. So there's value there from Sam, but clearly not enough to not take. I Mike, I love Sam. I, I'll take a sixth round. I'll take a seventh round pick for Sam Gagne. Let's just, let's just light it up. Uh, and it's not, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to give anybody the worst day of their life here, but, uh, I mean, you know, it's moving. It's not going to happen. Nobody's going to call and say we need Sam Guy. He's a he's a really tough one because he's especially expendable. But uh, I I don't know what kind of value somebody would want to give up for a thirty two year old you know depth guy. Um, Right. He serves his best purpose on a team like ours, uh, where he can be that that coach on the bench, like. Sam is destined to be probably a Griffin's assistant coach. And I'm sure he's probably already had those conversations, especially with how long he's been inking deals with us, which hasn't been that long, but long enough. Um, so yeah, right. Like that, that makes sense. Uh, expendable, not, not moving though. Um, and then the last one, Mike, uh, on our list here, Giovanni, who just lost his brother to uh, the Tampa Bay lightning. Uh, I mean, like, expendable but also it, it needs to be something where i'm kind of like okay that's that's probably more than i i would have seen for giovanni um because i, I want to keep him a part of this franchise I, I think he's a great asset and he's never going to lead the team in points so we don't even have to worry about having that conversation of looking up his advanced analytics and taking a look at chances on net but we we know what he's bringing to the team i mean there's there's a force there's some power here that uh you can you can put in there and maybe it's not about having a guy who's going to play 82 games but when you need him he's there so again giovanni is expendable but i would want this one to be one of those where i'm like wow i would not have expected that to come back for giovanni yeah um i'm on board with you there let's let's knock out a few more easy ones obviously going to the defenseman most cider not expendable um you know maybe the defenseman of a generation uh, Philip Peronic, uh, maybe that one's a little bit muddier, but, uh, you know, 4.4 million, you get him for two more years after this season expendable. I mean, I know we got some defensive prospects, but I think he's going to be a pretty important part of this, this team's top four, uh, going forward. Can I, can I, can I put expendable on there for Heronic? Uh, by the way, Sam throws out there. Giovanni's shot is underrated, which, uh, is a great point from Sam. Uh, I think the right side seems to be shoring up better than either. Heronic has showed, has shown that, uh, he, he can, he can struggle if he's on the first pair, second pair, or the third pair. He, he hasn't really shown me that he is 
you know, going to be worthy of that next huge lengthy contract. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, he's uh, 24 now. So then you get, you get that big pay uh, increase on the next one. Was he have three years left? So yeah, uh, 27. I haven't seen anything to say he's worth that. I think people look at the time he's put in. They look at how he's like climbing the charts for like points. Uh, but I think a lot of that has to do with the time on ice and when he plays, uh, as opposed to it just being about Heronic's talent, bringing points to the Red Wings. So I would say expendable to the point where I'd, I'd have some, I'd have some lengthier conversations about what we could bring over considering we're also, we'd be giving up an asset that's signed for three years. And when that contract's up, he's, uh, I think he's an RFA, right? Um, if I'm mistaken i apologize but yeah he's an rfa yeah that that's one you're looking at this uh defensive group and mo cider and lindstrom i honestly there's your number one right side defenseman there's your number two right side defenseman so now we're having a conversation about a four million dollar third pair defenseman he's gone in my book how dare you Stetcher also right side defenseman. I think a lot of people have penned him as like the easy, like, oh, well, he he, he can't even get on the ice every game because we have Veronic, Lindstrom, and um and who else? Insider. Uh so I would just challenge everyone to start having that conversation internally of I what you know, what are we really giving up by having Heronic off the ice and having Stetcher on there? I we haven't seen enough to say Stetcher is better than Heronic, but I haven't seen enough from Heronic to say he absolutely has to stick on this team. So. All right. Uh, well, I, that's all of our right side defensemen. So left side, we talked about early in the season. They can all go. <laughs> We've been saying that for a while. I, Mike, is it still true? Nick Letty, Danny DeKaiser, Mark Stahl, Jordan Osterley. Now they can't all go, obviously. Uh, so we're going to have to order them and like, who are you? Hmm. How do we want to do this? Because Dan- nobody wants Danny DeKaiser. That's $5 million. We're going to have to eat that contract if he's moving. Um. Yeah, I mean, Letty, DeKaiser, um, I, I, I mean, that's, that's, oh my God, that's a ridiculous amount of, um, like cap sheet cleaning that's coming off the board mm-hmm. uh, for Letty, who I don't think he hasn't been awful. I just, uh, I think we thought we were getting a little bit more. Um, I, I don't know if you want to push back on this or not, but I, I think we thought we were going to get like a, like a Mike green contribution um, who he had some pretty good Red Wing seasons, right? Like loading up and, and playing well on the power play. And, you know, he had a lot of injuries. I really thought that Letty, that's kind of what he's going to, you know, be contributing a little bit more. And it's, yeah, it's not, not quite, not quite what he's brought for us. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll put it this way. Uh, I, I think the way I break this down is who I've fallen in love with the, the most with, like the most occurrences of me over the season where I've been like, damn, good for him. Um, so who do I want to keep? Mark Stahl. And then Danny Kaiser is last on this list, but I don't think anybody wants him. So Nick Letty's gonna get moved with us eating some contract. And it'll probably be it'll probably be what we were describing earlier of like 
Steve's going to try and get that second round pick back that we lost. Uh, I believe that was a second round pick, right? That we traded uh, to pick up Nick. Yeah. He's going to try and get that back and we'll put conditions on it that if this results in nothing, uh, then, you know, we'll make it a fourth round pick or a third round pick or something like that. Or we'll, you know, we'll go back a year uh, to 2023 20, uh, draft. So I would go hard on this year, throw the conditions on it, try and get as much as you can for Nick Letty. This is something too, Mike, you got to, you, you probably want to, it's tough, right? Like, do you want to try and move Nick Letty as fast as possible? Um, I don't, like what maximizes value or do you, is Letty the last left side defenseman to get traded? Like, it's like, well, this is all that's left. Cause then at that point you're, you're talking to a team as the only team left who would even need a left side defenseman. Right. And then you're trying to fight like, well, my defenseman's cheaper. So trade for my guy. Right. So what do you, what do you do here? What uh, do we, does it even matter? Do we want to have that conversation? Maybe in the middle, you don't want to be the first defenseman to go, but if Maybe. Nick Letty is one of the last guys left, I feel like we're fighting to move him. And, and then in that case, we're just keeping him. Well, the weird thing is like with the word expendable, it's like, you know, can the Red Wings be okay getting rid of him? Right. Yeah. Um, for me, it's it's kind of weird because we kind of have to pivot the argument a little bit, like for Mark Stahl, where um, I think he's expendable in that as far as trading our defenseman goes, he's arguably the one who bring back the most value in terms of these guys who are going to be unrestricted free agents uh, because he, he has had pretty good even strength numbers. Um and Letty for his, you know, five and a half mil, I, I don't think you're going to be fetching a second round pick. You're probably going to be downgrading that to a third or a fourth. DeKaiser has absolutely no value. Um, I brought up I, I brought up this just to kind of add to the conversation as Jay Fresh uh, surveyed uh, 1,845 folks uh, who would return a first round, a first rounder. Uh, 7% of people said that Nick Letty would return a first round pick. Now, it's a very low number, but if 7% of 1,845 people are thinking it, there's a GM that can be fooled by Steve Eisman as well. So I'll throw that out there too. I, I just I thought that was really interesting. If Eisman Fleece is another <laughs> GM, I don't know if he's calling Carolina to see if they want to give up two firsts for Letty. If that happens again, there's going to be a 31-team huddle immediately after the trade deadline if that what happens like Iserman is getting kicked out of the fantasy league for making secret back alley trades there's no way they're going to talk to him anymore <sighs> yeah <laughs> um we did i did want to throw out there uh sam thrown out there shy booyam having his uh nice first year in denver um because we're you know we're we're having that conversation about uh, defensemen here, so he he'd be playing on our our left side. Fourteen <clears> points <throat> in twenty eight games. Uh, college hockey statistics, Mike. <laughs> Half a point per game. That's really goddamn good. Um, also, uh, Sam thrown out there. McIsaac uh, really turning it up. I think um, you can probably look up those statistics too. But yeah, McIsaac is one of those guys I, I'd look to. Uh, I'd put money on that we're going to see him before the end of the year, especially after the trade deadline. If a couple of these guys uh, do get moved, which um, man, that's going to be that's going to be fun. 
if we can get uh, now shy is not going to be a part of you know this this group at, at any point this season that's just more of like a fun little side anecdote like oh william's having a good time so the left side could be getting better of course we know simon edmondson gonna be on the left side i, I guarantee mike left side next season uh no problem but uh yeah to kind of look at uh throwing mckisic into that conversation um just uh some funsies there so thanks sam um all right, where were we? I, I went away from cap friendly for a second. I pulled up elite prospects. Uh, oh, we were almost through. We just had uh, we kind of blitzed through Letty, DeKaiser, Hronik, Stahl, Cider, so, of course. Um, it would just I, be I, if you want to do like Stetcher, um, another guy who's going to be well, an unrestricted Stetcher, free agent. Stetcher, I piled into the right side defenseman where it was like most people are seeing Stetcher as the guy to move. Um, I don't know, Mike, would you, would like going back to the Hirona conversation, we keep Stetcher, you have a cheaper contract. Now you can take, you know, now you can weaponize the cap again at the trade deadline. I think we, the Red Wings did that once last year to help out uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So um, maybe, yeah, maybe you can be that middle guy again. You, uh, I don't know how much space we have to keep eating contracts. I think you can only do two at a time. And... Oh, I guess we can because we've got panic right now till 2023. Um, so that kind of sucks. We can only do one more. Uh, and someone can correct me too, but I'm pretty sure that's that's correct. You can only do two contracts. Um, I don't know. Should I sit there and do that research real quick just so we don't look like a couple of assholes? <laughs> How many contracts? Uh, can you retain Sally? Do you want to do uh, goaltenders while I look this up? Yeah, sure. <clears throat> um, Matt, is Djokovic uh, expendable? Free retain salary. Sorry. So we have panic. We can do two more. So we'll throw Nick Letty on there, and then we can be the middleman in another trade. So I don't think that's enough to say that you move Heronic over Stature to save that $3 million. So I'll, I'll, concede that point that uh, is a moot point but uh, now now we're all a little bit smarter right now except for all um, the folks that were at home yelling at me saying of course it's three well the goaltenders i think is those are the easier arguments um also we, i don't think we really mentioned uh lindstrom but his his youth um you know what he brings to the penalty kill we, we didn't really give him a lot of airtime. i'm gonna say not expendable um same with uh nadelkovich another easier argument to make uh <laughs> going for uh, 26-year-old Rookie of the Year, uh, and uh, <laughs> definitely stood on his head multiple times this season. Um, I, yeah, yeah, he's he's not going anywhere. Um, we've we've already we've already swindled Carolina in a trade. I don't know if we're going to do another swindling job, you know, trading him for multiple first-round picks or some madness like that. Um, and then it just kind of coincides with you know another least expendable than most expendable, um, and Thomas Grice. Um, you know, 36-year-old guy coming up on unrestricted free agency. Um, you know, there's some teams who, you know, you know might want to, you know, poke around and see, you know, what the Red Wings want for what would be a, a you know, a insurance policy for the playoffs in, in Grice, who, you know, we know has had some pretty strong second halves. Um, is pretty good at, at sharing ice. So, he you know, he could just kind of um, play him in. Um, put him in the rotation, you know, as needed. Um, and it's, you know, it's not a long-term commitment. So it's, you know, it's easy. one of our more expendable players. 
I don't know what kind of value you'd really get for Grice. Um, again, I he didn't pop up on that poll to get a first round pick. I would probably <laughs> yeah, fall I, out of my chair if he got a second round pick. Um, just because I feel that, like you could find some veteran goalies, you know, kind of lurking around for third rounders. That's going to be one of those where somebody's looking for a solid third option if they've been having some injury troubles or getting some consistency from the backup and they're not going to give up a ton to do it uh we have space too i think is is worth mentioning um with uh with the griffins uh i did like it was mentioned uh by octopus thrower uh that if we can move um if we can move Grice, bring in Calvin Pickard to uh, the main club, and that'll make more space. Uh, like I, I think Victor Bradstrom has been kind of short on his opportunities, uh, so that that's just going to open up space for the Griffins to just let some of the younger kids own what's going on down in, uh, uh, or I should say, west to Grand Rapids. Uh, I shouldn't say down in Grand Rapids. But any um I, I like that point to just kind of give more space down there. I mean, we're talking about uh, Pickard right now is 29. So no point in letting him just continue to eat games, and especially when uh, he's serviceable for the main roster. If, Gre- if a Grice trade comes up, I think you'd do it. <sighs> Even if, I mean, if you're talking about um, a 2023 pick, I, I think I'm fine moving Grice. Yeah, um, right. ideal scenario there. Then uh, we just had a couple players left that are injured. Um, I mean, oh, Mitchell right. Stevens, restricted free agent. Uh, for what this team needs, yeah. I mean, not really expendable. Um, and, you know, he's not going to cost make- a lot of money to keep around. So. Uh, I was going to say, uh, you're going to make Tristan happy by saying he's he's not expendable. So. <laughs> Not at this juncture. And then uh, Riley Barber and Carter Rowney, or if you want to call them Carter Barber and Riley Rowney, you know, uh, expendable in right. both cases. I don't <laughs> think it really matters what, what the I mean, Red Wings do with yeah, those guys. I, I know what you're saying there. Yeah. Um, you know, and then Jakob Verana, obviously, uh, you know, the savior is not expendable. There, He's he's not going anywhere. Yeah. Can I, Eric, what, what did I, do you know what he's talking about? I feel like I might have said something. I've known only three. Oh, he's arguing on my behalf uh, for years remaining. Oh, (laughs) okay. (laughs) I, oh my God, I feel so dumb right now. All that donut sugar coursing through me right now. Got to throw out there. If you guys are in Livingston County, uh, Dough Creations giving away free donuts today because it's their one year anniversary. So uh over in Howell. Check them out. Google donut cre or dough creations. Sorry, not donut creations. Dough creations. You go in there, give they'll give you a free cup of coffee and a donut uh because they're celebrating one year. That's what uh that's what Matt was eating for breakfast today. Um last question, Mike. We were talking about this before the show started. Michael Scripp throws in there if the wings go on a run, are they still sellers? So the trade deadline's March 21st, right? It's a long I ways away. I think you would have to win every game <laughs> then for me to have that conversation. Yeah. Can I can I say that? I mean, we're should we count up how many games there are and just kind of put a number on it on like, all right, there's 12 games or however, you know, I mean. We're talking 
yeah, we're talking more than a month right now because it's February 20th as we're as we're speaking. Arguably yeah. more than a month. <laughs> right on the button, if you want to say that. Uh, so a month of hockey, how many games would you need to win for us? Would it be no, maybe it's maybe that's not the right question. You would you want to be like two points out from Boston? Why did I just say Boston? Is that <laughs> is that because it was I don't know. Would you want to be like two points out, or do you need to be like four points ahead of Boston? Let's say that. Four points ahead? Let's say we're four. Is that even possible? That's got yeah, that's possible. Uh we're going to March 21st. Boston has lost 15 in a row. <laughs> Uh, we go, we're, we're in the second wild card spot. We're four points ahead of Boston or something. Whatever's been going on. Doesn't matter what we do. I think it matters more how far ahead we're, we are of Boston. I'm going to say this. My answer to that question, we are, let's put the scenario out there. We're four points ahead of Boston. What was the, yeah. uh, what's the trade deadline day? Cut me off. March 21st. I mean, let me just, well, God, we have Google. This is an NHL trade deadline. We can just type it in just like that. So we have 11 games. We have 11 games left. We are eight oh, points it's only back. only 11? Yeah. Wow. Holy mackerel. Go ahead. Uh, you're, you have 11 games to make up uh, eight points, and Boston <laughs> still has two games in hand. Um, you are getting Verona. So you're kind of getting a trade deadline acquisition, right? A a, a hat pickup. Um, but man, that's it's not a lot of time, and you have exactly zero games against Boston coming up. Oh, you have one game. You have one game in April, April fifth. All right. So what I was gonna say is, even in that unlikely scenario, that we're four points up. Right. That's pretty much us winning every game, them losing everything, kind of going in that direction. I'm still a seller. The reason you that we're still... not the reason we're gonna... probably not a buyer is what you would have to give up. And the Red Wings draft picks are still probably more valuable than the rental that we would be acquiring. That is a great point. This is like, like the absolute, you know, this is like the absolute last year where you don't think about trading draft picks. I think the Red Wings, can I can I say this? This might be overthinking it. We Let might me add a caveat the, to that. This oh is the God. last year where you don't trade third rounders like Iserman <laughs> did for win now players uh, like Nadelkovich and Letty. I would say we'd be in position to move like a Nemistikov to pick up a left side defenseman. I think we'd be in that conversation. Uh, but even in, in that conversation, we're not talking about, you know, going, you know, Googling, who are the top 10 guys available at the trade deadline this year? Nope, not happening. Uh, <laughs> we are we are hoping for a John Merrill, you know, type of transaction where you're just getting a solid defenseman. Uh, he's terrible on the offensive side, but he's really good. Like he's got to really shore up one side of the ice. And uh, that's that's how you justify the move. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that that would be the as far as I would go. 
where we're not just picking up prospects or draft picks or, you know, going in that direction. Um, you might be able to get in the conversation of picking up a, a veteran with a high price, right? Because we have all that cap space. So maybe that's where it's like you, you do an, a mutually beneficial NHL move for two hockey teams. But giving up prospects, giving up draft picks, I am not, I'm not in that game yet. And I will start to consider it next season after I see Simon Edmondson for a couple of months. Not that I'm trading Simon. I'm saying I need to see him look like a more insider, you know, like 75% more insider before I'm like, okay, we've got two defensive pairings here. I'm ready to trade away. Emil Vero. <laughs> That's, that was one thing I saw. I, I pointed out an article to you, Mike. Uh, I didn't understand the trading away of Emil Vero that was mentioned, and now I think it's starting to gain some ground. I, I don't. I don't get it. I, I think none of those guys are in the, at that point where I'm like, I got to figure out how to move this guy to bring in a veteran. <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, that. uh, that's yeah. where I'm at. Craig, sell, sell, sell. Bring the kids up. For all we know, we're going to be even better because it's not like you're going to get rid of a Nick Laddie and be like, oh, where are we going to get those four points from? <laughs> get rid of them and see what the kids can do. I, I, I That's uh, that's a great point. Yeah. Um. All right. Brad we managed to push there, this one to an hour and a half, by the yeah, way. Yeah, don't, don't forget about Columbus. Yeah, sorry about that, Mike. All right. Uh, Everybody, can you hit that like button if you guys are still listening? Uh, really appreciate it. Um, also, you guys can review us uh, on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, you can give us, uh, I think, a score at least on Spotify. But yeah, those those ratings do us a world of good. Every time we get one, our our listenership on the podcast shoot it like doubles. So I would love it if a couple of you guys went on there. Um, Spotify or Apple Podcasts and did um, some reviews or scores for us. It means the world. And of course, if you're new to the show, if you could uh, subscribe, I hope you guys had fun listening to us uh, threaten to murder each other as uh, brothers uh, love to do. And uh, I think we're going to sail off into the sunset. Oh, right. We have uh, all our shop page too. We've got the hashtag save us Verona shirt and uh, all your Red Wings rant gear. All right. Oh, quick shout out, uh, Anthony on Twitter, who did a, a Reddit poll and a Twitter poll, showed us, um, he went back to the conversation of, do you do uh, the Russian Five banner? That was, a, a, like, I think he got thousands of returns on these polls. So Ooh. thank you, Anthony, cool. for giving us the shout out. Um, huge win for Yes from Reddit and Twitter. Woo. Your three options were yes, no, and I'm, you know, I'm conflicted. I thought conflicted <laughs> would win, uh, but a majority, vast majority said yes, get the Russian five banner up there. I'm so conflicted. <laughs> I'm not ready to do it. But again, Anthony, thank you so much. Uh, your gear is on the way. Um, or you know what? I, I still got to figure out if we can send it <laughs> your way. Uh, Anthony uh, coming from uh, Australia, so. I was gonna get. I was gonna give an accent a shot, and I was like, "Nah, don't bother. It's, it's nope, not gonna be good. Don't do that. Yep. Nope. <laughs> Onwards. Onwards. Thank you for tuning in, everybody. You guys have a good rest of your Sunday. We'll see you guys Wednesday when, of course, uh, it'll have to be a hybrid show. So we'll be playing the abs at the time. Uh, so my least favorite type of show to record, but <laughs> we're doing it. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Have a good one. <laughs>